Hey, Hyvie and Steve here with a quick message about our amazing sponsor, Timeless Pints Brewery. You know, Timeless Pints is local right here in Southern California, off the 405 freeway, Cherry Avenue exit, right next to the Long Beach Airport. And they are open and filling growlers during the coronavirus crisis. Chris and Mary are there during the week. Stacy is there on the weekends. And they can fill your growler so that you can stay home do what you're supposed to be doing for coronavirus and uh, enjoy your timeless pints in the comfort of your own home while socially distancing and keeping everyone else safe and healthy from your germs. They've got all different kinds of beer, stouts, porters, light beer, dark beer, Belgians, and it's all delicious. They make it here on site at Timeless Pints right here in Lakewood. What more do you want? Go down, get your growler filled, and enjoy the best beer in Southern California in the comfort of your own home. For hours and beer availability, you can look them up on Facebook at Timeless Pints Brewing Company or follow them on Twitter at Timeless Pints. And when you go down, say hi to Stacy or Chris or Mary. Make sure you tell them the Wretched Hive sent you. Welcome to the Wretched Hive Podcast. I got a bad feeling about this. Moss Eisler Space Corp. What are you talking about? You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. This is ridiculous. We must be cautious. Actually, we're just a bunch of guys talking about Star Wars and other stuff. I'm looking forward to having some real talk with some real folks. That's good news. I like the sound of that. You know, right when there was no Star Wars news for a really long time, all of a sudden we have a flood. We've got Mandalorian to talk about. We've got John Boyega make headlines. We've got Rancho Obi-Wan in the news. We've got Cobra Kai. No, that's not Star Wars. Sorry, we're going to talk about it. Uh, we've got a Star Wars Choices by Request tonight, guys. What? Request. Oh, yeah. What? And, uh... We're going to deliver it to you because you have found the Wretched Hive podcast for Friday, September 11th, 2020, episode 160 of the show. My name is Steve Baldwin, and the entire crew is here tonight. And we're going to start it off with delivering, delivering faster than the U.S. Postal Service, ladies and gentlemen, because <laughs> that's where it's at in 2020. <laughs> we're going to start it off with the Wookiee co-pilot. His name is Gregory Lent. Steve, Bluto Blutarski, it's so good to be back for another week of Star Wars talk. But I don't know if you've heard it all. It's been a strange, strange week weekend in California here. Uh, um, the entire the entire state is pretty much on fire. And I don't know about you, but uh, I feel like we've moved to Mordor, guys, because the skies are orange. And if if you have any friends or if you do live in southern california but if you well if you don't live in in california and you've seen these pictures of orange skies and saying that must be faked it must be photoshopped let me guarantee you it is not it is <laughs> no. orange every it is like a haze of donald trump has descended upon the land is what it is <laughs> my uh, my son and i walked outside it was like we were looking at the twin sons of tatooine tonight i he goes are we in an episode of breaking bad right now it's like this orange tone to everything it was so weird yeah, I'm it, pretty it, sure I saw the four horsemen of the apocalypse <laughs> gallop by this morning on my way to work. And interestingly, all four of them were wearing masks, which I thought was a nice touch. <laughs> nice. Well, well, well they before, before, wrapping up, 
Yeah, before we wrap it up, move on to the rest of the intros. I will say that um, at my house this past weekend, it was 115 degrees, guys. 115 degrees. That is just balls ass hot. Uh, That's that's like going to the desert hot. It shouldn't be that hot down here, guys. Yeah, also on the show tonight, uh, he's about to make a comment, and I'm going to cut him off by introducing him. He is a lifelong, that's a very long time, Star Wars fan, Ivansky. Oh, my God, Steve. I got some news. I got some crazy news. I am happy to be back on the show again, but I'm also happy because I'm actually back. This was my second uh, photo shoot today. I, if people of the uh, podcast don't know, I do photography work and I have actually done two location shoots in the last week and a half. I'm so pumped right now, but I'm exhausted and I'm running on fumes, but I'm going to get through this entire night and have a fucking blast. Last weekend was Death Valley and uh, <laughs> Monday was Woodland Hills. Right? <laughs> Swear to God, if fr- friends and fans of this show, if you do not know, we are in the apocalypse. The skies are orange. The sky is falling. And Woodland Hills, which is like, what, 35, 45 minutes up north of us, was yeah. 121 degrees. Greg Lent lives in a place that was 115 degrees. He's yeah. near the ocean, folks. <laughs> <laughs> nuts uh also on the show tonight he is constantly at 125 degrees he is the captain of the nico rodriguez hey hi hello how are we all doing tonight so hot so hot <laughs> yeah i am we're good how are you sir you're looking mighty fine tonight my friend got the tank top, got the guns rolling the guns got the hair slicked back you look like uh a freddie mercury impersonator he doesn't have the teeth. Yeah. And that was the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. kind of have a pretty mercury look going on tonight. There, well, thank you, Steve. It's a pleasure to be on the show. Um, yeah, I'm glad to not be on fire. Um, I'm glad we've got a new impression to add to our show's repertoire. We got Nico doing Freddie Mercury. <laughs> I will have to isolate that. Well, thank you, Steve. Uh, let's just move on. And finally. For today's topic, we will focus on the problem that nearly every man has to deal with. We have the occasional sore on the penis. <laughs> Dave! Cankeroid. The name of this STI just looks like it hurts, and it really does. Is that a scientific term? <laughs> Under. <laughs> I'm just, I'm amazed that Greg had the foresight to tape these father-son conversations he had with Nico back in the day to educate him <laughs> Under no circumstances. Nothing can strike fear in the hearts of man like seeing a red weeping sore on their favorite appendage. You call it foresight, Dave. I call it foreskin. Should you ever. Genital warts. <laughs> I need that sound clip. And I mean... Sores can take many forms, from raised sores filled with pus. (laughs) (laughs) Ever! Pus-filled sores around the hair shaft. God, call him. (laughs) They often get red and angry before they clear themselves up. Furiously angry? Harry. To clear things up, 
clean the penis gently with a soft, clean, damp cloth. Potter. And follow up with a specially formulated cream for the penis. Oh, I'm so glad that's over. <laughs> that's what Welcome she said. Welcome to the show, Dave. Penis sores. My. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I've ever had an intro like that before. So penis sores. Is, is, is that from uh, the Jurassic era? I was going to say, like, <laughs> what does a penis sore look like? Is that, is that a 1950s era health class film, or what is that? You can find anything on YouTube, Dave. You know this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. So, mm. wow, that just that, that's kind of a mood killer. I'm not going to lie. I mean, but that was the point of the presentation, right? I mean, <laughs> nobody wants that. No penis sores. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, to everybody who actually made it through that, hey, good afternoon, good evening, good morning to you, wherever you are in the apocalypse that is 2012. Thank you for tuning into the Wretched Hive for a little I bit of a shower. A little yeah. bit of relief, uh, a little bit of important health tips there for the male members of the class out there. Uh, pay attention to your Uncle Greg. He speaks from experience on all this stuff. <laughs> it's you know it's just it, it's been such a weird day because we had these audio recordings come out today of of the president <sighs> stating that he was downplaying the coronavirus in february because he didn't want to start a panic and this is the same man who is walking around telling everybody that joe biden will have us living in a socialistic america he'll take away your jobs you'll all be eating rats isis is going to move into the white house yeah and he is invading the suburbs yeah like yeah, but he doesn't want to start a panic. Let's be clear about that. Yeah. He's just looking out for us. <laughs> Folks, this concludes my TED Talk. Thank you. And now back over to Steve. You know, I got to say, you know, we we all have stressful lives and we're and this is our stress relief. Like we we get it's it's 10:19 p.m. as we record the show. And uh you know, I'm I'm a little bit more stressed out than when we started the show now listening to that, Greg. So thank I, I feel like I need to go cleanse. Like I, well, it God. is and follow up from with penis sores to Trump cream speech, for the so. penis. Jesus, <laughs> uh, he was so pleased with himself too. Did you notice that? Like, look at that. Look at that grin. Same reason I don't un wear underwear. Well, maybe I should start wearing underwear. I don't know. Uh, uh, I need especially formulated cream for the penis. And you, made it th- you made it this far, man. Well, uh, if you've ever used a specially formulated cream on your penis, please uh, don't call us and tell us about it. Please don't. I got to interrupt the host for a minute. Please don't share. Uh, <laughs> I, I kind of want to know. I let Dave know how that went. Um, on the Wretched High Hotline, <laughs> that's 562-455-4483. That's 562-455-HIVE. In case you can't spell hive. You are goddamn right. Mm-hmm. And you're probably <laughs> seeing one right now if you're caught. Co- never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and you can also find us online at Facebook. That's Facebook. Dot Facebook. Co- thank you. Dot com <laughs> forward slash Wretched Hive podcast. You can also find us on Twitter. Can't just do that. At, yes, I can. Yes, um, can. At Wretch Hive pod. Uh, you can also find us on our website. You can stream every show. Not that you'd want to stream this one again, but you can if you'd like. <laughs> at WretchedHivePodcast.net. Guys, if you don't have, have a healthy stream, that could be a sign of another problem. I'm just throwing that out there. <laughs> Are you insane? By request, a Star Wars choices. Let's get this done. Here we go. 
It's a little game we like to call Star Wars Choices. Think of a hard choice you'll face in the near future. You must choose. Okay, would you rather be intimate with a Wookiee? Choose wisely. Or be intimate with Ula, but Jabba gets to watch? Star Wars Choices on the Wretched Hive podcast. Nowhere else on the internet you find this level of Star Wars entertainment other than the Wretched Hive podcast. Coming to you live from Long Beach, California. Here we go, guys. From Mordor. Would you rather? From Mordor. (laughs) It certainly feels that way this week. Uh, Guys, you have to choose. You can only have either the Star Wars prequels, episode one, two, and three, or the sequels, seven, eight, nine. You can't have both. You can only have one. You got to live forever with episode one, two, and three, and then four, five, six. Or you can have four, five, six, and then seven, eight, nine. We're going to start with uh, Nico Rodriguez on this one. Nico, you want the prequels or the sequels? Prequels. Easy peasy. That's simple. All right. Is it now? Is it really easy? Yeah, and if it's not, you're fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) One vote for the prequel. Scott, (coughs) Scott, what say you? Man, I'm going to, I cannot believe this is going to come out of my mouth, but I'm going with the prequels. Yeah, okay. Two for the prequels. Dave? (coughs) uh, In clockwise order on my screen. I'd like to phone a friend. (laughs) <laughs> all right you can call greg i i'd like to buy a vowel <laughs> you can buy an ivansky uh Dave, what say you do you want you want to keep the prequels or the sequels yeah it, it it's a tougher call than you would think because one and two are pretty shitty as far as movies go three is pretty good mm-hmm. of the sequels seven and eight are really good movies but nine is actually pretty shitty mm-hmm. and kind of ruins the first two so i'm just trying to weigh out trying to weigh that out in my head and it's tough like story-wise i have to go with keeping one two and three because they are necessary for four five and six mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's the only that's the that's my that's the only reason i'm doing it all right, so your vote is for the prequels. Yes. All right. All right, so we have a winner, and I don't have to decide. Yay! No, no. <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> this will this will follow you into the afterlife. Whatever you choose, you're going to be stuck with. This is Wretched Hive canon, Gregory. We have right. to establish the lore. Okay. So I am going to agree with... Dave, in that one and two are shitty movies and three is pretty good. I'm going to further agree that seven and eight are good movies, even though Scott is still going to shake his head at number eight. That's okay. And nine is a bad movie. So by weight of averages, 
I would rather sit through two good movies and one bad movie than two bad movies and one good movie. I'm going to stick with the sequels. So you wow. really think that episode yep. nine is a worse movie or is a better movie than, than Attack of the, the combined bad of one and two? Yeah, I, I think that I would rather watch Rise of Skywalker than Attack of the Clones. Period. End of story. Wow. Huh. That's bold. And yeah. I don't and I don't disagree with that. I just my approach was I'm not sure that four, five, and six are as rewarding of a, a movie story if you don't get to go through one, two, and three. Oh no bullshit. We had four or five. That's all we had for, for twenty years. That's yeah, all we had. We were always four, wondering five, and six. what happened to Anakin. What happened with Anakin? I, I think three is a better movie than than six, to be honest. Oh, Jedi is the worst of the uh, of the original trilogy for for yeah. by leaps and yeah. bounds. Yeah, yeah. Re- 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 Revenge of the Sith is a better movie than Return of the Jedi. I am I am shocked at the amount of love that Return of the Jedi gets today, but it gets an insane amount of love when it is a. a well, I, I think there's a sentimental damaging. there's a sentimental vote there from 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 fans that are a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. I think then maybe a hair younger than we are, which is fair. But I don't want to. I don't want to get back together with my fifth grade girlfriend either. I mean, there's a nostalgia value there, but I don't. <laughs> sometimes you have to leave nostalgia in the past. That's all I'm saying. Sometimes. Uh, I am taking sand <laughs> over the Rome? Rise of Skywalker. Yep, I, I'm taking. I'm taking the prequels, guys. I'm taking. Four to one. I, I, I am damn. sticking with Lucas's vision and story, and uh, screw the sequels. They yeah. suck. You know, you guys said the other one had two that you didn't like, and then you were good with seven and eight. I disagree. I know we talked about eight. Mine is the two and two. They both have two bad movies, two bad movies, mm. um, and that's a problem with me. And the fact that I can actually watch part of episode one and part of episode two and piece together my own little decent parts and get rid of like the coarse sand. That's how I see it. So screw that whole rise of sky. All right. It sounds like, it sounds like what I'm hearing is that we would, we would all buy a set of movies, three, four, five, six, and seven. We would all buy that five movie set. Yeah. 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 Get get rid of, get rid of one, two. Well, I I would throw last Jedi in there as well. I I would too, but I'm just, I'm trying to build a unanimity here as opposed to a majority vote. You know, and you you could make an argument, you could make an argument that, that, that eight is the end of the uh, series altogether because then it just looks to the future. That's, that's, that's the end of the Skywalker saga is, is at the end of, of eight when Luke dies and then you, you, flash forward 20 years to broom boy and that's where the next saga starts right i think it would be good if you turned one two and three into flashbacks and took out a lot of like the story like you know dialogue and bullshit and just turn like the main points into like a flashback in between Different just movies. turned it just into a huge made, lost series. If, just if, made it into Star Wars porn. You're saying take out all the plot and the dialogue and just leave the good parts? <laughs> well, not necessarily just the action parts, but just you know the the small talk and you know the cutting pairs with the force and fucking 
take out the take out the dialogue, leave the good parts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, I, I have a question. Let's wrap. Uh, let's wrap this up real quick. Sorry, I had to wrap it up. Steve is on a schedule tonight. Man, I got to get through the show. Sorry, I had to bookend that, Scott. Okay, what's what's your question, my friend? Well, I was going to say the option wasn't there, but we should have had at least Caravan of Courage, Ooh. Holiday Special, and Clone Wars movie. <laughs> hey, when are we going to get Caravan of Courage on uh, Disney Plus? Right? Let's go. Uh, yeah, that's half past be, uh, never. That be there. Holiday sure. Special. Come on, Disney. Let's get both of them. Let's go. Bring we'll that stuff. Uh, so who I gotta ask who it was a special request who put the request out there? That is listener Chris, my good friend, our Captain good friend America Chris himself, Evans. Captain yep. America. Evans All right. pitched that to me, and I said, I don't know, I'll ask the guys. So there you go, Chris. All right, uh, guys, we got some news to cover. Let's do it. From ABC News World Headquarters, this is ABC World News tonight. <laughs> No, it's not. It's Star Wars news with the Wretched Hive. So be it. Well, big, big announcement. And Dave, I loved your reaction when you heard it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave your line to you. But the Mandalorian, October 30th, season two. The Mandalorian season two will debut on Disney Plus on October 30th. Super excited about this. The Mandalorian returns to a weekly serial show on October 30th. Do we know uh, how many episodes this uh, season is? Do we know how many? It was eight last time, or was it ten last time? I forget. It was, it was eight. Eight. I think it was eight. nine. I think it was eight. I think, I think, I think. Uh, it doesn't say on StarWars.com. And Margaret. Right now. There is, okay, check it out. There is a reference uh, to... Uh, every episode of the Mandalorian season one is currently available for streaming on Disney Plus, and don't forget Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, which features John Favreau and executive producer Dave Filoni. Why isn't he the showrunner for Star Wars yet? And if, many more. If, yeah, if nothing else, watch the episode of Disney Gallery that deals with the volume. It'll blow your mind. Your if you're a, if you're a filmmaking nerd in the process of filmmaking nerd at all, it'll blow your mind. Yeah. So good. Season one is eight episodes, and season two will also be eight episodes. Oh, why can't they just give us ten episodes? Why can't they just do it? Just do it. Come on. Because we're going to get six. Do it. 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 At the very least, can we at least get them about 40 to 43 minutes long, like a typical television show? Yeah, like hour-long show so scott you uh you had a chance to preview the entertainment weekly um magazine that's coming out featuring the mandalorian yeah um uh entertainmentweekly.com or ew.com uh put out a thing a few days ago uh basically showcasing a lot of new images uh for the upcoming season so i did have it here and it just disappeared how convenient (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, obviously coming back, Pedro Pascal as the Mandalorian, the titular Mandalorian, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got we've got a couple images here. Uh, we got the group shot of um, seriously, seriously, the web just totally blew up on me. <laughs> <laughs> so coming back, we have Gina Carano. 
card. I have altered the deal, Calrissian. Trey, I don't alter it any further. Uh, Coming back, we have Carl Weathers as uh, Apollo Creed. I'm pretty sure Apollo Creed is his name in this show, right? Right. Is he going to train Rocky uh, to (laughs) his seventh heavyweight fight? Yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah, uh, I love him on the show. He is great so on the show. Carl freaking Weathers on the show, dude. He's awesome. Grief, playing Grief Cargo, right? Thank you. Yes. I forget what his I forget what his name was. Um, but I was hoping it was going to be Apollo Creed. Obviously, it was not. So My you mentioned Greg, uh, Gina Carano. That's Cara Dune. Yep. Okay. And now we do know that the Mandalorian's name is Din Jaren. Is that how you say that? I'm going to go with yes. Insure in. Okay. Like that? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at the tw- at uh, StarWars.com, and uh, Robert Rodriguez tweeted back on May 4th that he had the rare privilege of directing the biggest star in the universe. So there's going to be some big directors in this season. Does, do you, have you guys seen anything <laughs> about directors? Uh, I, I know that um, Ron Howard's kid is coming back. She's she directed. Out. She directed the weakest episode of season one, the ATM episode where they fought the ATAT in the or the ATST in the village. Excuse me, not the ATAT, the ATST in the God. little village. That was God. Bryce Dallas Hadward's crea- creation there. Yes, Bryce but Dallas. you know, to their credit, they used different directors on every episode, and I thought, you know, even you know, uh, while I said that that one was the weakest one, I thought they were all pretty good. I thought they all did a very good job because you had a guy who was fucking re- running it from behind the scenes and making a co- co- coherent story out of the whole goddamn thing. So, <laughs> and, uh, and while that may have been the weakest episode, I don't think that was the fault of the director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she did great. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know, it's funny. We've talked about that on the show, Greg, and. I've heard a lot of people that I've talked to on some Zoom chats and stuff. They actually find that episode really endearing. I I still have my issues with it, but I'm I'm glad that there are people out there that are really enjoying this show, even the the episodes we are a little more critical of. So yeah, yeah. Uh, who else? We got uh, what's his Giancarlo Esposito, uh, Gus Spring. Gus Spring. Yes, he's coming yes. back. He's uh, coming a- back. He's cooking chicken and making meth. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. He's expanding, right? Uh, <laughs> we do have the Mando, uh, another shot of him on one of those speeder bikes, and it looks like Tatooine, so we might be going back to Tatooine. That shot of, of the, uh, when, the, when they go to the cantina in uh, season one, God, that was so great. Was it uh, episode six or seven? I can't remember which, but so good. Maybe it was earlier. I don't know. Who cares? It was really good. Yeah. Go find it. Yeah, so we got a couple more shots in there. And then, of course, we've got the um, double... Co- oh, we do have one of a Tusken Raider on another Bantha. So I guess we're going to be seeing a lot more Tatooine okay. uh, besides what I mentioned. But then what I think everyone's really going crazy over is uh, are the covers. Um, you've got Baby Yoda, which looks like he's peeking out from behind the Mandalorian's like gun belt or something. And... I just so many people love this thing. Seriously, it's a great show. Yeah. Man, or, uh, Mandalorian Baby Yoda fever is about to take over America once again. Um, <laughs> right, you know I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, Dave. I don't want to step on your line. You gotta you gotta you gotta throw that in here. What's uh, what coincides with the whole release of Mandalorian here? So oh, it, at least we'll have some original content to watch uh, during the revolution. Exactly because mm-hmm. of course. Everybody, 
maybe maybe you've heard about that little election thing happening on November third, but regardless of who wins, the world's gonna fucking end. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, let's uh, wrap, wrap this up here. <laughs> um, can we can we so, just get Baby Yoda on the ticket? That'd be great. You know. Oh, oh, I wonder how many people are gonna write him in. Everybody would vote for Baby Yoda. I swear to God, they would totally do that. Just never mind. <laughs> I'm actually not going to say what popped in my head just then. You know, we didn't have celebration this year, and so that was kind of sad. You know, another another wacky thing in 2020. No, no Star Wars celebration. You know, so thanks a lot. You know, COVID. Another thing to get pissed off at COVID about. Uh, but. Instead of, in lieu of having a live celebration, Rancho Obi-Wan did a Facebook live video, uh, and they featured stuff in the museum that they would have brought along with them to celebrate the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back. So it was really cool. Steve Sansweet and Vice President of Rancho Obi-Wan, and Newman, gave a tour uh, live on using their phone. They just streamed it live. Um, and you can find it on Facebook at Rancho Obi-Wan. It's really cool because at Rancho Obi-Wan, they've got like racks of stuff that, that Steve has collected. Of course, Rancho Obi-Wan is the largest privately owned Star Wars memorabilia collection in the world. Um, certified by the Guinness Book of World Records. Well, well let's, well, to be fair, in Northern California. How about that? Well, there is Ranch Obi Wan South, which is your your garage. That's true. Located located in Long Beach. Located That's in Long Beach. Right. <laughs> I haven't haven't announced it yet. <laughs> there's, there's part, parts of the video, like Dave and I went, and you know you can't go behind the shelves. There's like a walkway, and there's stuff, and you you want to go back behind the shelves because there's other stuff back there. But in yeah. the video, they kind of walk back behind the shelves, and they show some other stuff that you can't see. That's on the tour normally it's really cool um so i just encourage everyone to go check that out at uh ranchoobiwan.org and become a member mention this on the show a few times 45 bucks a year helps them out and uh you get a cool little membership package with a patch and a welcome letter and they send you a christmas card every year it's great so go check it out and go check out the live stream if you want to celebrate celebration because we didn't get to this year you can you can with uh, Rancho Obi Wan and Steve Sansweet and Ann Newman. So go check that out. It was great stuff. All right, guys, we have to cover this. Uh, it hurts my heart to have to to uh, to talk about this story, but we cover a lot of Marvel stuff too on the show, and uh, we've got to talk about Chadwick Boseman, the young uh, star of Black Panther, who passed away unexpectedly to everyone. But his very most immediate family, two weeks ago uh, on August, I think it was August 28th. Yeah, it, was the, it was the, the Friday, like the Friday night the show dropped. Is when, yeah, is when it was the show dropped. It. Yeah. Yeah. So we just missed it. Um, he was 43. He lost a four year battle with colon cancer. Of course, he was the star of Black Panther, which uh, really made him a huge star. But he, he also was... Uh, in some other great movies, he he was uh, Jackie Robinson in 42. With Harrison Ford. 
along with Harrison, along with Han Solo. That's Harrison Ford, right? And uh, and that was in 2013. Great movie. Mm-hmm. He played James Brown in Get On Up in uh, 2014. Wow. I'm reading on uh, Variety.com. It's was widely reported. You can find it any uh, just about anywhere. Quote, Chadwick's passing is absolutely devastating, said Kevin Feige, president of Marvel Studios and chief creative officer of Marvel in a statement. He was our T'Challa, our Black Panther, and our dear friend. You know, when this happened, we on our we have our show thread and, you know, we immediately started, you know, messaging each other. And it, it was just so um, surreal and shocking to see s- someone seemingly in their prime just gone in an instant. And I... I'm. I was just reeling for that day, uh, and I know you guys were too. It's just heartbreaking, and um, I don't know what else to say about it. I'm still just not really over it. It's it's such so tragic. It really is. Yeah, I, I read the text, and you know, there was a news alert that came over that he had passed away, and I at, at first I thought it was going to be a, a, a different actor. I, I'm like, it can't be the the main guy from because he was so young. Um, but yeah, colon cancer. He had it for four years. So for throughout the entire filming process of Black Panther, he was aware of and was battling cancer at that point. And I think amongst us, we all kind of speculated. Well, everybody had to have known, and they just kind of kept it quiet. But after reading the tributes from people like Ryan Coogler, from people like Kevin Feige, from people, you know, like, you know, Robert Downey Jr., from Chris Evans, you know, the, the guys who were the, the leads in all of the other main Marvel films, you know, none of them were in the know. He had like he, you know, obviously his doctors, his manager, his producing partner and his family were like the only people who were in the know and just amazing that he was able to keep that to himself and and much respect to him for doing so and not making a big deal about it and just going out and 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 trying to celebrate his craft and celebrate his fellow artists um and and not making it about him um just so he could you know pass with as much dignity as humanly possible and just so, so much respect for that dude and really such a loss for 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 you know, obviously the franchise, but that's that's you know means nothing compared to what the what the loss is to you know his family and to and to the people that loved him. So I'm, I mean, apparently, I'm, I, I feel really bad about it. Yeah, yeah apparently, apparently everyone on the film or no one on the film knew. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was diagnosed in 2016. They filmed that movie in 2017, so he was undergoing treatments and surgery and uh, chemotherapy. Uh, eventually, I don't know if it was happening during the filming, but it was happening around that time. And um, just amazing, of course, the photos that have come out since then, him, you know, visiting kids in the hospital, um, you know, uh, doing the Wakanda forever salute um, with kids and just being just an extraordinary human being um, in the face of, of peril um, and knowing that that he wasn't doing well. It's just uh, the the sheer bravery of it is um, it's almost beyond words. Um, so uh, as a as a as a as a show that where we cover uh, and talk about movies and the business of movies, once you get over the shock of it, you sort of have to think, well, what do we 
what do they do now? <laughs> like what what is the is Disney's next move? How do they handle the loss of such a major star? I I, I remember feeling a little bad about um, that day that it happened, throwing it out to you guys. Like, do we see T'Challa um, after he fades away in um, Endgame uh, or Infinity War? Infinity War, yeah, Infinity War. War. And, and yeah, that's right. And and you corrected me, or you, Greg, I think responded and said, yeah, he's at Stark's funeral. So so yes, he does come back. I I, I couldn't recall in the moment. Um, and so, Dave, I know you wanted to touch on this a little bit. What have you been reading about, and what do you, uh, what do you think the future is for uh, this franchise um, as we deal with um, Chadwick Boseman's passing? I, I think Marvel and Disney don't have don't have an answer yet. I do wonder if they're going to try to draw on the lessons of Carrie Fisher dying. And the idea that still trying to find a way to incorporate the person is is probably not the way to go. I think we can all agree that didn't that didn't work or just play well in uh, Rise of Skywalker. But the challenge for them is going to be, you know, this is not it's not a matter of you have the star of a franchise and that is crass and underselling what Chadwick Boseman was to to Black Panther and Marvel, but because it's so interwoven, it, it's not just Black Panther 2. My guess is that that character was going to play a tapestry role throughout a lot of these Phase 4 movies. They're going to have to rework that whole tapestry now because they don't have that character. There's There's really only two options for them. You either recast the role. Well, there's three options. You recast the role. You know, just say it's T'Challa, but it's a different actor. You know, like they did with uh, with War Machine. War Machine uh, mm-hmm. was Terrence Howard in the original Iron Man movie, who played uh, Rhodey, and then they went to Don Cheadle for Iron Man Two Forward. That's option one. Option two is that you recast. Is that you do a storyline where uh, perhaps Suri takes over as the Black Panther because the Black Panther, you know, moniker is worn by multiple people, right? It's not. Captain America or Iron Man or, or anything like that. It's 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 a title that comes with being the ruler and protector of the country. Could go to Suri, his sister. That's an established storyline in the comics at one point. Or they could find some way to, to give it to somebody else. I mean, they could find some way to resurrect Killmonger and have him uh, take a heroic turn, become a villain, uh, becoming a hero and a protector in Black Panther 2. But it's it's going to be this colossal reworking and re-envisioning of the movie and how it all ties into the rest of that that Marvel Cinematic Universe for Phase Four, and I'll tell you right now, I don't see how it hits its delivery date in 2022. Yeah, <clears throat> they're they're going to have to pull it or shuffle it somewhere else. And that honestly, that may be a domino that carries over to uh, trying to figure out what to do with Black Widow, because mm-hmm. I know Greg, you're going to want to talk a little bit about what the box office looks like now in September. Mm-hmm. for a blockbuster movie, what it could look like for a November date. And do they want to even keep the November date at that point? Or do they want to just keep, do they want to just write off 2020 as a whole for the Marvel cinematic universe, push everything into 2021 and buy them a little extra time for these, these problematic holes that they have to fill. D- Dave, I, I know we're going to try and jump into something, but I do want to bring up another point about recasting or, or your three options. I think yeah. the hardest part that Marvel is looking at right now is how, okay, 
we can look at it from a money standpoint. I know a lot of people do, but I want to look at it from one quick standpoint, and that is his charisma. He brought so much to that character, and you talked about the sister, which I heard some rumors about possibly taking over the mantle, and I also heard the uh, Killmonger storyline as well. But it's those characters that kind of fed off of his energy, and that's the hardest part about finding somebody who has become so, like, the, the, the figure, the, the representation of that character. I know they're going to have to do it, but they really have to find someone that's going to bring that kind of Robert Downey Jr., Chadwick Boseman energy and charisma to that 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 role. And that's going to be the hardest thing, I think, for it, them to do. It is. And Black Panther as a franchise is an incredible moneymaker for Disney, but it's also this incredible cultural achievement. Yes. I mean, Black Panther is is very much it would be considered. I think it's fair to say it would be considered a, 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 a black movie. I'm making air quotes. This this subgenre that's always been around for years, what people commonly call the a, a, a black movie that plays to the African-American crowd, but doesn't necessarily reach a wider audience. And Black Panther not only reached that wider audience. I mean, it's the a top grossing movie of all time. One of the only three movies to get over 700 million in the United States. And it grossed, I think about 700 million, if I remember correctly in total overseas, which is unheard of Yeah, for something that would, you know, two, three years ago have been considered a, a niche movie like a blade was a Wesley Snipes blade was right. right. So, so the, but the, the absolute cultural crossover due in no small part to that charisma of Chadwick Boseman, just this incredibly accessible royalty, regal presence and bearing, and yet completely approachable. Yeah. And, and, and the only movie in, uh, in the entirety of the, of the Marvel cinematic universe that received legitimate Oscar buzz was nominated for best picture. You know, yeah, and, and yeah. not not just talking the technical awards and those things, which they're obviously they've all been nominated for. And I, some of them may have even won just like, you know, pulled something out like Suicide Squad did. Black <laughs> Panther was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a it was a true cultural touchstone, much in the way that the original Star Wars was. I mean, we all knew yeah. Star Wars was not going to win Best Picture in 77, but there's no denying it earned its nomination for what it did for movies in general. Mm-hmm. And I think. Black Panther falls in that category. There was no way it was going to win, but there's no denying what that movie meant and means for cinema going forward. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and I read a, a statement from uh, the director, uh, Kugler, and he talked about how he was just heartbroken over all this great dialogue he's written for the Black Panther character, for Chadwick Boseman. And it's mm-hmm. never going to get read by Chadwick and maybe not even ever be seen. Yeah. by anybody but him because the movie has to be completely reworked now yeah, yeah. And you, was, you can only imagine he had to be close to you know getting to a final draft because you know obviously covid put everything on on hold but that movie was set for a 22 release i believe was yeah. it a 2022 release they were so they were scheduled to go was, pre-production like in the next 60 days. Yeah. So, I mean that, you know, that means that that script is, is damn near final draft. And so, uh, you know, throw it out the window at this point, you know, uh, yeah. uh, the, 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 the amount of controversy that's already swirling uh, about the, even the thought of recasting this, that, you know, there, there is a, there's a vocal gr- group out there that's already saying, 
cancel all all Black Panther movies. You know, don't you know you you can't recast this role. You know, you have to honor Chadwick and mm. and 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 I get that, but you know, is 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 that the right move? Is that you know, do we I do think, we lose this character because because the actor you know passed away? Is I, is, I think is that Chadwick, too cold and callous of me to ask that? No, but I think Chadwick would absolutely want the character to to continue because I think he was very conscious of understanding what that character has wound up meaning it it, yeah. it is such a cultural phenomenon for everybody for african-american children for non-african-american children to have that story out there he would want i i don't know him i don't know anything about him but i can't imagine that he would say oh if i'm not there to do it you know peace out just just put it to rest yeah he would want it to continue it's, I think it's a bigger disservice if they didn't move on and do it in an honorable, decent way that, you know, is a tribute to his work in that film and uh, his first appearance in uh, what uh, Captain America Civil War. Civil War. But also, um, you know, just knowing how that character is in the comics. And I think that's one good thing I'm hoping Disney really sticks to and, and honors that on all sides honors Chadwick for everything he's done in that a nice, decent tribute to it, but transform that character the way they could do it in a, in a really good way. You know, he did win an NAACP image award for his uh, portrayal of black Panther. And uh, he also won an outstanding actor in a motion picture and a screen acting, excuse me, screen actors guild award uh, for uh, outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture for Black Panther. I also want to add, if you haven't seen Marshall, he plays uh, Thorgood Marshall, also a very good movie. And his final film, Mrs. Rainey's Black Bottom, is scheduled to be released posthumously. Um, also want to just point out that uh, movie theaters are getting ready to re-release 2 which I thought was interesting um, as a tribute to Chadwick Boseman, it being baseball season and uh, his great turn as Jackie Robinson, the famous uh, Brooklyn Dodgers infielder who broke the color barrier uh, in, in the 40s, in 1947. Um, AMC, Regal, Cinemark are all on board to re-release 42. Hmm. So I thought that was interesting given that here in California, at least, or in Los Angeles, uh, theaters are not open just yet. Um, and I know we're going to get to that, but, um, uh, thanks guys for, for, for that conversation. And, uh, we'll just wrap it up with just, uh, our, our heartfelt condolences to the Bozeman family and, uh, rest in peace, Chadwick. All right, so let's let's get on to this uh, the idea of these theaters. So, are are there theaters opening up? What's going on? I'm reading about Tenant is is available is being seen. Um, who's covering this story, by the way? Um, I am. My and right. now me. go live to a midget in a bikini. Can I go? See, <laughs> can I go see Tenant this God, week? Go. <laughs> no, nope, I am not a midget, nor am I in a bikini. <laughs> um, you know uh that movie theaters Where? steve theaters are opening up surprisingly surprisingly because i don't think any one of us you know the five of us schmoes here have any desire to go into a movie theater as much as we all i think we all love going to the movies i don't think anybody any of one of us really is very excited about going and sitting in a theater but 
New York and Los Angeles, you know, we're the two biggest uh, movie markets that are out there, and and we're all closed. But in uh, in a, a lot of places throughout the country, and 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 famously, actually, uh, Tom Cruise himself put out a, 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 I think it was a video on Twitter of him going to a theater to watch Tenet in a theater when it was released internationally because it came out a couple weeks ago. Um, the movie has by himself. No, he went to a public theater and and oh, uh, was sitting socially distanced with a mask on at this okay. theater, watching okay. the film. Okay. Um. I so I you know I guess there's a way to do it and and you know but I just I I don't know that we're there yet you know it, and speaking more COVID than theater stuff right now. Uh, yeah. L A at least I'm in Orange County, but L A is at least code red is what it is still right code red is that what it is. And it sounds bad, but code red is actually not the worst. Purple is apparently the worst. So we're getting better. Maybe if we step down to orange or whatever it is, then we can start to open up under um, uh, reduced capacities. And I think they're talking 25%. Mm. So maybe you'll get to a movie theater. But as Mm. far as how they're doing, uh, we saw Tenet has come out worldwide. It's made $100 million. So Worldwide. Worldwide. Worldwide, I, I think okay. domestically for the U.S. Yeah, I think it made twenty million dollars. Twenty million dollars. So for which is a lot. Have, for not having your two biggest markets available to you, yeah, that's not bad. That's not bad. People. So I think people are kind of hungry for entertainment. Scott, you're just shaking your head like you're just disgusted nope. right now. I, <laughs> yeah. No, I'm actually I'm shaking it in a in a very nice way. I agree with you that it, that's not bad at all for the the situation. But I was actually shaking my head like that, Greg, because I was just thinking, yeah, opening theaters right now in the U.S. A um, couple things: you obviously don't know Americans. <laughs> yeah. And all I'm seeing is L.A. and New York. You brought up uh, with how many people both cities combined have, which is insane amount of people. Yeah. Would just be like a Sturgis event in movie theaters. So I just yeah. I don't don't yeah. need two hundred and fifty thousand people suddenly just getting infected. <laughs> and I, yeah, yeah. That's so that they they have now designated that was a super spreader event, and and I, I think the it, it just goes to show that that we're not quite there yet. You know, I, oh. I you know, we're getting we're getting better, guys. But let's 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 just take it easy, okay? Let's okay. let's let's. Let's go slow. Yeah. So it sounds like I'm being negative, but honestly, when you brought up the thing about Tom Cruise in a theater wearing a mask, <laughs> socially distancing, it, it's almost like it makes me happy that that's happened. But it's also sad because we can't get people to just be responsible here. Yeah. And that's like, I wish because I want to sit in a theater with a mask. You know, six to twelve feet away. I don't care what it is, but it. I'm not comfortable. I think you mentioned we're not all comfortable with it right now. So. Yeah. You know, did he film himself jumping up and down on the movie theater chair <laughs> <laughs> yeah. to I express his his love for going to the movies? I'm a horrible human being. Well, I don't know that he did do that. So we got Tenet is out in the theaters, and guys. We never thought the day would come, but New Mutants, you can actually go to a theater, not in L.A., you can actually go to a theater and watch this movie somewhere, guys. It's out. It's in the wild. (laughs) I would encourage you to go quickly. 
<laughs> so just, just for point of comparison, New Mutants made $7 million in its opening weekend in the movie theaters, and that was one of the first quote-unquote big movies to be released since they tried reopening theaters for the first time in six yeah, months. Yeah, I think that was two weeks ago, and I, I think Bill yep. and Ted is also out there, and I think I don't, I don't know that Bill and Ted has made all that much money. Yeah. I don't know if these movies it's were made less than it's made less than New like Mutants, that. which is yes. not even damning with faint praise. But See, uh, so let's but, just uh, let's just say that real quick about New Mutants. It made more money than Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> so I was depressed. that was I would be so depressed right now. Okay. <laughs> Wait, Steve, because I know Dave, you follow um, Box Office Mojo or or Guru, one of those. Um, I just I used to like religiously go to that site every weekend and just see how the weekends were playing out movies. We, we all love films. We really do love going to theaters. We're all into this stuff. But honestly, that was the shocking moment during this entire six month shock, like shutdown was seeing the new mutants outpace Bill and Ted's. I, I still can't, I can't get over that. <laughs> so, so we can agree that people, you know, so, Tenet aside, which I think making uh, for a movie to make a hundred million dollars in the age of pandemic worldwide, I, I think that's awesome. a pretty decent. I think it's a pretty decent return. But we, but for the most part, people are going to stay away. People are not going to see Bill and Ted. People are not going to see New Mutants. There's uh, there's some Russell Crowe movie that's out there too in the theaters as well. Um, so let's contrast that with what happened over this Labor Day weekend with like Mulan. Okay, so Mulan was going to be a major summer release for Disney, a live-action remake of a beloved children's animated classic from the 90s. Um, and I, I, I think that from, all, from, from what I'm hearing on all these things, I think that they are really happy with how that turned out. Uh, there was a $30 price tag to watch it as much as you wanted. Somebody is not pleased with the Mulan out there. <laughs> it didn't have a dragon in it, Greg. There was no cute animal. There was no cute animated dragon. There was a bird lady, but um, maybe that's maybe Wasn't maybe there a, little, a phoenix or something like a little weird phoenix that keeps popping up a couple times. There was, there was. So the the way it worked is there was a thirty dollar uh, price tag, and not as a rental fee. It means you can watch it as many times as as you want for as long as you want, and then eventually it's going to come out on uh, the the without that thirty dollar fee attached to it sometime in early December this year. So if you just don't want to pay that thirty oh. bucks, you can you can wait three months and you can watch it for free anyway. Huh. Um, so if you pay the thirty dollars to get an advance uh, view at this movie. And what they noticed, and I'm going to read this from the Yahoo Finance page, is what they noticed that there was a spike in downloads of the Disney Plus app, which uh, all from this past weekend. And what they noticed is it was a 68% spike in downloads. So what you have to figure is that's most people, and they're not releasing the exact numbers of this, so it's kind of hard to extrapolate it, but you got to figure most of that 68% increase is because people were downloading the app paying the $30 so they can watch Mulan with their kids at home. Yeah. So, you know, is is that a, a better investment for them than trying to put out a movie in a theater and making, you know, $7 million on 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 uh, the New Mutants? Yeah. I, I you know, it's, it's an interesting choice to see where we're going to go. So, um, contra- contrast that, just real quick, contrast that 
the the other big weekend that they point to, and this is kind of why they're making the, the comparison with this. There, the other big weekend that you point to on Disney Plus is just a couple of weeks ago, the fourth uh, or a couple of months ago with the July Fourth weekend, when they put out Hamilton, the Lin Manuel Miranda play Hamilton on Disney Plus. Now they put that one out for free, but right. what they noticed was that there was a seventy nine percent increase in downloads of the app. So obviously more of a percentage, but the sixty eight percent increase also came with. $30 cold hard cash compared to, you know, attached to each and every one of those, uh, those, those downloads. So yeah, I would, I would think they got to be pretty happy with this. And, and with the rumor now that they're going to delay another black widow, which was supposed to come out in May and is now currently scheduled to come out in November, but maybe they, you know, is it a, is it just smart enough to, to put that out in Disney plus in this premiere format as well? Or do they forego that and just try and, make something back in the in the theaters where they can well, any, I, any thoughts i i honestly think knowing that black panther is going to have to get pulled from the schedule now i honestly think just push it all back into 2021 at this point mm-hmm. just yeah. whenever your marvel tv shows are ready to launch launch falcon and winter Sh- soldier or uh, vision quest or whatever the hell it's called WandaVision. WandaVision, yeah. Launch that stuff on Disney Plus. Save the movies for something in 2021, whether it's the Mulan model or whether it's actually releasing it in theaters. But at this point, I'd be, I'd just write off 2020 from a business perspective and try to have film product to fill the calendar in 2021 and 2022. And you're only going to have that if you don't try to force the issue and put something out in 2020. Yeah. Do, do we know was the um, the Mulan model was it strictly Disney Plus or was mm-hmm. it available in theaters elsewhere in the world? Uh, it is going to be released in theaters in China uh, soon, like within a week or two or something like that. But there's going to be a theatrical release in China. Mm. Why don't they everybody just stay home and watch Cobra Kai? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you could do a lot worse. You could do a lot worse. Like watch Mulan. <laughs> yeah. So how many okay. I've, I've talked how many of us you, how many of us paid the thirty bucks? How many of us paid the thirty bucks? Anybody? I did. I did. I did. Nope. Wait, Greg, you paid for something? I know. <laughs> Shocking, isn't it? What? I'll tell I'll tell you why I did. I'll tell you why I did it. There's a confession. Um as, as much as they're the evil empire, I appreciate what Disney has put out there. I like going to Disneyland. I like the Star Wars movies. I like the Marvel movies. Um, I want to see... I would hate it if this company suffered some serious setbacks and had to curtail what they're doing, which they're probably not, but it's been a rough year for everybody. And you know what? I got 30 bucks. I can put out 30 bucks there. I'm happy with that. I'm an old fart. I got I got disposable income. Take my $30. Scott, are you concerned for Disney's future? No, I'm concerned for mine. I've got a small business, motherfucker. Why don't you come send the 30 bucks over my way, and I'll make you a cup of coffee and give you a nice big smile. Uh, no, uh, I get what you're saying, Greg. I really do. Um, I don't know. I got, I got a million things. I... I'm, I'm just gonna buy, I'm gonna pass on this. I'm gonna go right into Cobra Kai when you guys are ready. <laughs> you gotta support what you believe in. I respect that, Greg. I'll, okay, but all I, what gonna I was is, gonna all right. Go ahead. All go I ahead. wanted to say real quick to Greg was this, but Disney live action has been one of the most like disappointing new venture they've been doing for me anyway. 
Um, their their ratio isn't their their percentage of hits are not that great to me. So mm-hmm. that's the problem with Mulan anyway. So and understood, understood. I, I did not watch the Lion King one, um, and I and based on Nico's recommendation, I don't think I will. Uh, I did not watch the Jungle Book, but I hear decent things about that one. Um, yeah. What, uh, what else was? What is the other? Well, they they remade Beauty and the Beast, and they remade Cinderella too. I haven't seen any of them. Mulan was the first one I've seen. And they did um, Alice in Wonderland, and oh, I didn't like that movie. Yeah. That's the one with Johnny Depp, right? Yeah. No, not a fan. It started with that one, and I think it just started going from there with all the live action. So it's it's been. Oh, the Maleficent movies too. The Maleficent ones as well. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So the reviews I've heard, all of them to a person for Milan, has been, you know, milk toast. Has <laughs> <laughs> been about a six or a seven. Everybody loves Cobra Kai. Everybody loves that show that I've talked to. So I have you not haven't seen talked. Any you haven't talked. You haven't talked to me yet. <laughs> I have not talked to you. The king of baby. Throwing the king of hate, throwing money at Disney. Um, I have not seen any Cobra Kai, uh, guys. So those of you that have seen it, uh, I know Dave and Scott for sure. Greg, uh, Nico, have you seen it? Okay. Okay. All right. So, uh, high level review. What do you think uh, of the show? Do I need to watch this show? Little little primer. You got to go back to 1984 and 1985, or was it 1986? 1986. 83, I think, was when it came out. Maybe it filmed. No. I have seen the Karate Kid. Eighty-seven was the sequel, and then ninety-one was the part three, the second sequel. Karate Kid one came out in 1984. 87. Uh, God, Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop, Karate Kid. Karate yeah. Kid 2 came out in 1986. Okay, so karate. So you got to go back to 1984 to watch the original Karate Kid with Ralph Macchio. Mm-hmm. Uh, karate Kid 2, not as good of a movie. He does this funky thing with this drum that's just not believable at all. But you get that great, that great uh, Peter Cetera theme song, Glory of oh, Love. Oh, he did it all for the glory of love. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> you should see the three Ralph Macchio films. You should see those. I don't know that the Karate Kid 3... Crossroads? Talking about Crossroads? I don't know that Karate Kid 3 ties into any of this. Well, no, John Kreese is in Karate Kid 3, isn't he? Doesn't John yes. Kreese come back Karate John Kid Kreese 3? John Kreese is in Karate Kid 3. Okay. And I, I think there's a reference to a business that... I think there's a... I think they make an offhand reference to three, but I never saw it. Because like I said in the pre-show and got shouted down, I, at the time, I looked at the number that appeared after the words Karate Kid and made the decision not to see the movie. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you'd be best served not to see part four. What is yeah, it? the yeah. next Karate, next karate kid, kid with Hillary, with Hillary Swank. Swank. Yeah. <laughs> with, Oscar, with Academy Award winner Hillary Swank. That's yeah. right. And Absolutely. definitely not the remake with uh, Jaden Smith. Well, they've switched with the Jade discipline Nibansky. to Kung Fu uh, in the movie, and I just have so many problems with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's called Kung the Kung Fu, Fu Kid. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so Cobra Kai is the story of the rival studio. Yeah, so it's the two like main actors come back. You know, here oh, we are. Same actors. Same yeah. actors. 
Yeah. Ralph uh, Macchio and Billy Billy Zabka, as I think. Yeah. I was going to say Billy Zane, but it's Billy Zabka, I think is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's, the, it's them, you know, 35 years down the road and just well, going, what's up? Well, I don't think it's exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's so it, – look, I raved about this on, on Facebook, and I just want to be clear. I'm, I'm raving about it, and I'm not trying to say, like, this is one of the best things I've ever seen on television. I'm not trying to say that this is a, a masterwork that deserves to be studied. It is not Watchmen. It it's is not, not Chernobyl. It's not it's Breaking not the, Bad. It's not yeah. Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul. It's not the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones or the first couple seasons of, of The Walking Dead. This is the best fucking primetime soap I have seen in 15 years, though, because it is cheesy. It is soapy. It is half hour installments. It is it is the best thing since the the Colbys versus the what's their names from Dynasty. Like ah, that that is Carrington, what the Carringtons. The Carringtons, yeah. It's Beverly. It's the best teen soap since nine hundred two one zero. That's what this is. All right. That is that is what's going on, and it's the original actors. Thirty five years later, Ralph Macchio has aged about ten years over the last forty. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm starting to understand women that get mad at other women for not showing aging. I'm starting to understand that phenomenon a little bit. Yeah. And the, dude now, the dude now looks like he's as old as he should have been in the Karate Kid things. Because he's like 22 <laughs> in the first Karate Kid movie. looks like he's 12. It's okay, really yeah. But what's even more annoying, they age him in that show because he was doing an interview for the first season. And I'm like... Oh my God! They actually give him like old age makeup because he does look that young, and that scares the hell out of me. But it, well, it, like yeah, Whitney show, says, black don't crack. So it, it, <laughs> the show is great to me because I'm like it, it flips the traditional TV model a little bit on its head, right? The antagonist, the bad guy right. from the movie, is now the the protagonist. He's the main character well, of the story. It's it's his. Have story. you heard the fan fiction? Like theory that um, in the original movie, um, the what is it? The Karate Kid is actually the bad guy because he's oh. just learning how to use karate to just beat up this guy. Um, who's, they, yeah, he's not a great guy, but he's going around and just bullying people now that he's got karate. Well, so, hold on, hold on. That that is actually addressed in the show, not the fan fiction, but the idea of that. And the, yeah. it's not just, oh, the bad guy's the good guy this time. They're, the bad guy is not – he's, he's not, not completely bad. It's not, and that's something I like about the show. None of these characters are absolutes. The bad guy, the bad – in air quotes, the bad guy is not, completely, yeah, is not completely bad. Yeah. The good guy is not completely good. Yeah. And watching him, you know – Huh. continue all of this through the next generation, through all the kids that are in high school now and all their the kids' friends and all watching those lessons get learned, mistakes get repeated. Like it, it it works. It is just fun. And the fact that they made these things in half hour episodes instead of hour episodes, which would be the traditional format for a drama, they're half hour episodes. Yeah. That's also what makes it good. And seriously so Christine watched it with me. We binged the entire first season in one sitting on the couch, and she did not fall asleep 
once. Yeah. Wow. So it's a lot right wow. there. That even gets Greg's attention that that's, that's high praise right yeah. now. So they're 22 minutes, like the half an hour, 22 yeah, minutes? Yeah, they're, they're – 25, they're, 35 minutes. Okay. In, in season two, they lengthen out to about 35 minutes apiece. Okay. So they, they, they pad them a little bit. This show was originally made for, for YouTube TV. It was a, right. a YouTube original and so it was on there about two years ago, but just got released to Netflix just a couple of weekends ago. Huh. Um, I, di- I did watch all of season one and all of season two, and, 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 and I enjoyed it, but it's the kind of show that I can sit on the couch and with my iPad open and reading something else while it's on in the background. I was super intrigued by the premise. Like it, it opens up, and like the first like four or five episodes are primarily about Johnny Lawrence, you know, and he's he is the the antagonist from the first Karate Kid movie, and so you barely see Daniel Larusso in 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 the, throughout the first four or five episodes, and mm-hmm. I was really I was really into it, you know, because it's all about he's still kind of a jerk, but you know he's kind of like a lovable, you know. Lovable. You understand why he's pissed about things, you know, and you yeah. you, you kind of feel for him, you know. And I'm like, I was intrigued with it, but every time they brought in some of the teen actors to play, I I was I was out. I was done. I I I, I could not I I could not get into their stories. I could not to get into their angst. Um, if anybody would have a simple three second conversation, you could solve all of the conflict in the show, but nobody fucking talks to each other in the show. <laughs> okay, so does the moment come like when, so you kind of know why he's pissed at the world. Do people go like, Oh, you were the kid that got his butt kicked by. Yeah. yeah don't, don't say that to him though. He doesn't like that. It's <laughs> not very appreciative. Yes, that that. Does, it, 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 okay. it, it kind of does. Yes. It kind okay. of does. Yeah. Well, I have, I have to watch it. You did, I, I recommend it. I recommend it. And and where what and where these guys are effusing praise over it, I don't have that much, you know. Like, but the, it's it's saving grace is all of the first season episodes are all literally like twenty five minutes. So you will blow through the whole first season in like six hours. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I I you know what my feeling is this. It's a Dave. You said something. I, I agree and disagree with some of your stuff, Greg. I'm going to disagree with the final judgment on it. I it is a fun show. It really is a fun show. I know we agreed on some of the points, but I think what's really fascinating is if you could tell a decent, fun, good storyline. It doesn't have to be Citizen Kane. It doesn't have to be the Watchmen television show. It just has to be something that is going to be compelling enough, and they do it in a way. I mean, how many shows have we watched as friends and not even talked about on the show that are complete shit? I mean, they just can't write to save their lives. And here you took an idea that happened 35, 36 years ago, whatever, and they flipped that. And you don't have to say, well, the TV show is just doing the good guys, the bad guy anymore. Because we know from the end of the first movie, the first thing that happens is Johnny grabs that trophy and his little – Two-second redeeming moment is he's like, you're all right, Daniel, and he gives him that trophy. And how does the second movie open up? Johnny's getting his ass kicked. He's about to be killed by his own sensei until Mr. Miyagi steps in. So we already know that Johnny's not the villain, but he's been taught by a villainous character. And to see that dynamic played out more and not two-dimensional on this show, even if it's a little fun, even if it's a little campy, it's a good show in that sense. Like. I don't ever feel like, wow, these characters. And, Greg, you mentioned the kids. I mm-hmm. really feel like that. Okay, there's one kid that does kind of annoy me, 
but I kind of like the complexity of their stories. It gets drawn out too much at some point because I'm really there for the two main guys. Yeah. I really Johnny's character is probably the most intriguing character on that show. Yeah. His but, his char- he, he he does a great job on that show. He he, he makes that show he makes that show worth watching. Not Daniel Russo, not any of the not any of the kids. It's I'm all about a Johnny Lawrence show. I, I thought that I, that was that was worth watching just I, for his performance. I, I I am all about Johnny's car radio. I am pissed we don't get more of that because his car radio song selection was so on fucking point. I was I every time it happened, I was like, oh my god, I'd forgotten about that song. Yeah. Okay, two things real quick. I want to point this out to Greg. Yes, I agree with you, but I actually because I was kind of annoyed with the Daniel character for the first part of the first season. But then I started to realize they're doing that to kind of give him a little bit of, you know, a gray area. Yeah. It's kind yeah, of that's, that's that's by design. It's by design. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, it, he's still a good guy, but he just doesn't know how to. That's those moments where he has like the little cathartic moments away from his family, away from the conflict with Johnny, where he's having these peaceful transition moments with the Miyagi thing going on. But I also. Um, OK, you brought up the car stereo thing. <laughs> I have to just say this, all the 80s flashbacks and fucking Iron Eagle, where the hell did yeah. that <laughs> Iron Eagle turns up like five times. It's, it's, it, it's, it's all it's over the place. It's a shocking motif throughout the first season. <laughs> so badass. And he goes from one crappy car, and I don't care if it's a new car, it's still an American car where you know he's just trying to be a badass the whole time. So it, it's fun and campy, but it's good. It's entertaining as shit. It really is. You know what else is entertaining as shit? What's that? It's the Star, Star Wars Tweet of the Week. Curious. Because everybody knows that Twitter is a source of endless positivity. You're gravely mistaken. Come to your senses! Well, uh, there are a few Twitter accounts that are kind of funny. Sometimes. <laughs> Penis sores. <laughs> Star Wars Twitter of the Week. What do you buy? Brought to you by Penis Sores. Thank you. Um Star Wars Tweet of the Week for this week, guys, comes from Nick on Twitter. That's at <laughs> at Telio Gaiman. T-E-L-E-O. L O G Y M A N. Telio Gaiman. Jesus on- Christ. He said every vowel possible. Uh, Nick tweet- tweeted a 66 year old colleague had never played rock, paper, scissors before. All this time we've been mocking him. Now we find out he's never seen Star Wars. It's not funny anymore. He's definitely a Soviet spy. Let's get out. Pinkeroid. Oh, episode one hundred warts and sixty of the show. Is in the books. We have a lot to cover. Mercifully in the books. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, um, what's going on with Scott's Cantina Corner? 
Um, I've had a little bit of a delay, some technical issues, but I will be back by the next episode, and I'll have three uh, drinks for you guys. Excellent. Will you be blackout drunk for us? I will. Drink up all at the same time, or refilming all like the B-roll stuff? I am so wasted by the end of that show. Uh, Perhaps you would like another Tauntaun Margarita? What do you think, guys? (laughs) How come this grenadine syrup doesn't pour right? Uh, I got the uh, Dark Side and Stormy, which I missed out on. It will be there. Star Killer and the Qui Gon Gin and Tonic. Now, what's going on with the uh, Yoda beverage that you? That's uh, that's I tease that. That's uh, still in the works. Yeah, it's it's in the works. I just I got to make it happen on a day that I can get the necessary parties together for that. So. Gotcha. All right. There's some are coordination. You gonna a, are you going to call it a Yoda ball instead of a melon ball? Is it going to be a Yoda ball? No, no. This is an actual baby Yoda. This is an authentic drink that was created in Las Vegas. Oh. The first one, right? Not not some knockoff at like Disneyland or something. Yeah, definitely not the Disney one. Not not saying right. it's bad, but um, um, right. the thing I had one of them. I drank one of those. Yeah, we had we had one together. Yeah. Uh, uh, with our arms crossed, you know, like course. whatever. And, uh, and guys, tangled, sipping out of each other's crossed arms. Good episode. Episode one sixty is in the books. Any final thoughts from yes, anyone? I'm gonna be a guest podcaster next week on generation x-ray podcast with my friend matt askew and darren robinson from the band the hell flowers from the hell flowers yes he's been on this here uh, show time or two guys have a great couple of weeks be safe out there and may the force be with us all cankeroid <laughs> <laughs> uh. Is that real? I cannot believe that's real. A cankeroid. That's my new favorite insult. (laughs) Such a (laughs) cankeroid. Oh my god.